can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. what she said oh no hi why um see i'm back online here hi gang wayne from uh talkingpools.com welcome to testing thursdays with myself i guess um so the last uh podcast was regarding my uh tenure as a um local parks and rec and high school uh swim official and so i wanted to extend that a little for part two and what part two is going to be is basically the, the the unseen side of officiating and and making sure that the swimmers and whatever staff and volunteers you have around are safe. One of the things that um, the Maryland State um, Swimming Association, or rather the USSS, USSA, Swim Association, sorry, didn't get my acronyms right there, um, really enforced were FINA regulations. And what we made sure of was that the water was actually safe and the environment was safe for the swimmers. So a couple of the things we always had to check before a swim meet. One of them is to check with, of course, the lifeguard or whatever facilities manager was available for the swim meet um, and verify that all of the chemistry parameters were within acceptable or ideal ranges. Now, what were those ranges? Well, for the state of Maryland, it's pretty much what everybody else knows about. You know, um, pH 7, 4 to 7, 6 is ideal. Alkalinity 80 to 120 is ideal. Hardness. Uh, 240 to 200 to 400 ideal um, uh, sanitizer level. Uh, back then, it was one to three parts per million. Now it's been raised to two to four. But back in the in the mid and late 90s, it was uh, one to three was the ideal range. And then the one thing that seemed to confuse and and befuddle people uh, people being everybody swimmers, viewers, whatever was that the water temperature was rather critical uh, per FINA regulations. That's F-I-N-A, and that's the International uh, Swimming Foundation, um, their acronyms. I know it's in French, and my French is horrible, but uh, FINA. FINA regulations require the water temperature for a swim meet or a diving event, diving dive meet, Often at the collegiate level, they're done at the same time. At the high school level, you usually don't have diving events anymore due to liability um, um, issues. But the water temperature had to be between 78 and 82 degrees Fahrenheit. If it was not, then technically the starter for the, for the swim meet 
could cancel the meet. And you think that doesn't happen. It does. Because I was there when our starter did that. For some reason, don't know why, we were at a meet uh, somewhere in, in Maryland, I, Southern Maryland, I forget exactly where it was. And uh, it was an indoor pool. And as soon as we walked in the facility, the, the officials that, that I had come with, we all kind of looked at each other and said, don't unpack. Um, this is way, way, this is not right. Um, the um, starter, the head official, went to the facility manager to check to see what the water temperature was. Well, guess what the water temperature was? Wasn't 78, 182. 88 degrees, 88 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, we closed the meat. We ended the meat because you can't cool the water down that fast. Um, it would have been the same had the, the temperature been too low. You can't, it takes too long to raise it up. Um, and the, the, the home team was furious because I uh, was furious at the starter because uh, the starter canceled the meet. Uh, showing prejudice. No, I'm sorry, but we're following FINA regulations here. Uh, we can't have this meet. Uh, here it is. And boom, there's the book, you know, because we always carried our, our FINA regulations and our state regulations with us. So um, it happens. Now, why is that? I, I get that call a lot from people. Why, why did you have to do it like that? What, what made you do that? Well, Nobody made us do anything, quite honestly. What happened was um, the, it's actually the swimmers. Uh, water that's too warm, for example, um, doesn't, it doesn't improve the times. In fact, it slows it down a bit uh, when you're having a swim meet. Same thing with much colder water. Uh, the colder the water, the slower the times, the faster the water, the the the, the more athletes um, um, expend their energy. I know I'm using the wrong terms here. I am not a swim coach by any stretch of the imagination. So somebody who might know the terminology better would, would definitely know the terminology better. But um, too warm water can actually cause a problem. And, and you can't have that. And it affects their times, which affects, well, you can imagine how much it affects all over the place. So it's, it's kind of critical that you have it within the right temperature range. Uh, you have to have it between 78 and 82 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I have heard over the years that I was doing this that there were some starters, some head officials who were, and how can I put this delicately, encouraged <laughs> to have the swim meet regardless of what the water temperature was. Uh, I'm going to leave it like that because that, that's a, a sore stain on the, um, on the sport as a whole. Um, this is not, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to bribe. Basically, it's, it's what it comes down to. And so you want to make sure that, that you know, these, these students – Come here, one, because they like the sport, too. They might be on a scholarship. Three, they're looking to make records, maybe even make, you know, um, Olympics teams, things like that. I mean, my God, Michael Phelps was from Maryland. He swam as a teenager when I was back officiating. I remember seeing him. Skinny kid. 
still is skinny, skinny. Um, but the whole deal here is you're trying to look out for the safety of the swimmers. Is there something wrong with that? We've also had to shut down swim meets <clears throat> where the pool was obviously not in chemically the best of shape. Now, let us go on our Wayback Machines to the Olympics, not the last the last Summer Olympics, but I believe the one before that. Um, I want to say I, I, I'm terrible at places with, with Olympic locations, but I think this might have been in Mexico. But there was a um, the, the swimming building, swim and diving building. 50-meter pool on one side of the building, a pretty nice dive area on the other side of the building. Remember how green the water was for the diving events? Do you remember that? Everybody, I remember even the announcers on TV. And I remember sitting there watching it at home with my wife and going, what the hell's going on here? Uh, the water was horribly green. Now, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole... Um, you know, who struck John about why is your water green? You know, well, be green for a lot of reasons, but I mean, that's another podcast. Um, but they never took care of it. They never thought they, they thought it was it was a good thing. What they turned, what they wound up doing, if my memory serves me right, and again, somebody correct me. Um, talkingpools at gmail.com. If I'm saying it wrong, is my memory is probably wrong. But it had something to do with putting in um, potassium peroxy monoprosulfate, uh, MPS, or uh, the non-chlorine, quote, shock oxidizer, um, that somehow reacted with whatever else was in the water um, that caused it to go green. In other words, it went algae, okay? Um, as it was definitely a cloudy green. And we know the cloudy the color is the more likely it's, uh, it's algae. The clear the, the the discoloration is it's more like metals. This was definitely cloudy, and they could not hold the diving events because of safety issues. I mean, diver dives in the water, you can't see him once he goes in the water. That's a bit of a problem. Can you think of it like that? Mm -hmm. Now, the pool, for some reason, was on a completely separate system, and the pool water was actually um, um, chemically okay, but it, if I remember right, there was also some issues with the temperature of the of the water, and a lot of the swimmers were complaining. And I do remember um, Michael Phelps did swim in this one, so it must have been his last Olympics, and he was loudly complaining. Him and his coach were loudly complaining about the quality of the water and the fact that uh, it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't safe for the swimmers so you know it, it, it it's it's not just you know blow the whistle jump on the water swim real fast go it's it's a lot more than that and that's what a lot of people just don't seem to understand is that you know we're, we're, we're not being mean we're not being you know uh, we're not you know, supporting one team over the other. God, no. Uh, what we're doing is trying to look out for the safety of the swimmers. And that's the most important thing, the safety of the swimmers. And you know, God forbid something should happen to, to a swimmer, to an athlete, if they get into 
a swimming pool or diving situation where it's dangerous and they hurt themselves, hello, hello, liability. You know, you've got that all to contend with. So it, it, it's, it's a big issue and, and you got to worry about it. So um, even on a collegiate level, a high school level, we all look to make sure that uh, the water is safe. The environment is safe for everyone concerned, swimmers, athletes, coaches, staff, volunteers, officials, everybody. Um, it has to be at a safe level so that the meat can be held and um, uh, nobody's going to get injured or at least physically injured. Now, let, that brings up another thing. Let's talk about injuries, okay, at swim meets because this kind of kind of affects what what – you know, we've been talking about on talking pools of late. Um, there was a, a this was this was a high school swim meet, and it was on a Wednesday night. And one of the local middle schools where I live has a rather nice indoor facility. And um, before the um, events, before the actual swim can start. The teams are allowed warm-ups, you know, X amount of time to do some laps, you know, loosen up the muscles, stretch, whatever needs to, to happen. And one of the uh, warm-up exercises, I'd probably call something else, but one of the warm-up exercises they use is basically diving off the blocks. And then as another as another swimmer comes in to touch the wall, the diver on the block uh, is kind of over them. And then he, he the, 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 the diver jumps over the swimmer coming in. And continues and does the lap. It's kind of an exercise a little bit for when you do things like relays and, and, and whatnot. Well, it, it wasn't the high school team that, that I represented. It was another high school team um, because this, uh, this particular facility was so big, you could do a, a three-team um, um, swimming event. Um, a swimmer was coming into the wall where the blocks were. Diver was on the block ready to go and misjudged where the swimmer was coming in. And when he dove in the water, uh, his head collided with the swimmer's head. Boom. And instant concussion. Yes, there was blood. Uh, there was a, a lot of people jumping in the water. Um, I was one of them, a couple lifeguards. Um, we, we got the kids out. I mean, they were both conscious. You know, Nothing massively major, just, you know, bumped heads, some bumps little bit of a concussion, but the worry was blood. There was blood in the water. Now, how much blood? Well, this pool was about a 200,000 200, gallon pool. BAP, big ass pool. The amount of blood that seeped into the water was minuscule. And I'm talking, God, if you might even had to guesstimate how much you're talking less than four ounces between the two swimmers got into the water because once some other people got in the water first, were able to, you know, cover the, 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 the uh, concussion point with uh, their hands or a piece of gauze or something to stop the bleeding. But um, after about a half an hour of delay, we started the um, meet back up again. Well, lo and behold, we had a Karen. This was pre-Karen Karens. 
And she decided rather than talk to her coach, her son's coach, or some other appropriate official at the swim meet, she called the cops. She called the cops on us because she felt that having the uh, swim meet um, take place when there was obviously uh, dangerous uh, products in the water was, was, you know, dangerous for the swimmers. Woman obviously had no idea that the, the amount of, of blood loss um, in the water, the amount of water you're dealing with, the fact that it was, is properly sanitized kind of negates the situation, but she didn't realize that. So rather than, you know, do a little research, talk to a few people, she went the extreme and she embarrassed herself because she also ran out on the deck in the middle of an event with the cops. Oh, God, I never forget that day. Just a stupid, stupid woman. Anyhow, so you can see how a little bit of ignorance on 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 people's parts, or I won't say ignorance because that's kind of mean and rude and cruel, lack of knowledge about, you know, what goes on behind swim meets and, you know, things like that. Uh, it, it, it hurts, and, and, it, and it hurts the sport itself. So um, I guess my uh, little um, caveat to everybody is, is that when you watch the upcoming Summer Olympics um, in a few months, or next, next year, I think it is. Yeah, ne- next summer. Um, take a look at how clean, how, how crisp, how well-maintained these facilities are. Um, because of all of the regulations that are in place, so you're, you're talking, you know, FINA, uh, the sport-wide um, regulations. You're talking about, you know, uh, of course, depending upon where the, the Olympics are, the country's regulations, the city's regulations. You know, all of that. Um, they all take take into account. Uh, not take into account. They, they all are involved in making sure that the facility is at, at such a level that no one's going to get injured intentionally or not. So um, it, it's still, it's still critical. And, and I even like to watch, you know, some of the college swim meets. And sometimes I, I see on cable it really kind of depends if I'm really, really bored and I want to flip through some channels and some obscure cable station is running a swim meet because Believe me, they're just about exciting to watch as golf sometimes on TV. Um, it, it, you'll see how, how um, well-maintained these facilities are. And you'll also see, in the case of the Olympics a few years ago, how well they're not maintained and how well they could present a liability to the user, to the swimmer, to the volunteer, to the official, etc. So, you know, I know I've, I've ranted and and finger wagged a tad and, and whatnot um, uh, over the past few minutes, but it, it's something that kind of g- gets on me. And, and um, even though I don't officiate anymore, <clears throat> I haven't officiated for a long time, probably good, good. Let's see. Um, 20 years. I still remember the times when I did it and I, I tried to do it to the best of my abilities as I could. I was considered a good official, a fair official, um, sometimes, you know, that, that's, a that's very, um, selfless act, you know, um, being like a, a baseball umpire or a basketball official or any kind of sport official, you know, um, 
uh, you immediately have a target on you. And it's all your fault because if something happened. No, no, it couldn't possibly be the player, but it's your fault because you're the official uh, that, that something happened that shouldn't have happened. So, you know, the, we, we officials are human beings. Please treat them as such. Um, remember, it's competition. Uh, it, it's it's not like your your kid's going to be the next major superstar um, kind of deal. Um, just understand that that we all try to look at the the safety of the swimmer. That is paramount above and beyond anything else. So that's the end of part two. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your attention and. For listening to me go into my Wayback Machine, of which it is extensive, by the way. Uh, and I will be talking at you at the next recording. Uh, again, if you have any interesting stories or any questions or uh, or anything of that nature, please feel free to, to pop us an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. And it will get routed to the, I always like to say that word, routed to the next uh possible person on our team that has the expertise to answer your question or address your little little uh, story or incident. And if you are selected, uh, your story or incident or email or whatever you want to call uh, to be talked about on air, uh, we'll be more than happy to send you our lovely what the flock hat. Um, it's, it's, it's attractive, it's tan colored, it's, it's very pretty. It covers bald heads very nicely. I should know this, such as Rudy. Um, but yeah, we'll be more than happy to send one out. So uh, everyone have a fantastic week. It's been great talking to you and happy upcoming holidays. Take care. Bye-bye. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 